Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. So hello there uh, for another episode of Fintech Friday podcast and we have a special guest uh, today uh, Deep Narayan Mukherjee. Welcome Deep. Thanks Sanjay. Always a pleasure talking to you. Great. And this happens to be a very special day as well, uh, the day of Diwali. So happy Diwali to you, uh, Deep, as well as all the listeners uh, of this show. Happy Diwali to you, Sanjay, as well as all our audiences. Thanks. So, uh, Deep, I have a, I have some questions that I thought of, and we will we'll kind of progress through in the next half an hour, uh, one few more, hopefully a little less than that, maybe. Uh, but let's sure. start with a brief background of yours. Uh, uh, as you know, this show is more about, you know, the future of fintech uh, and uh, in some sense, uh, how things are going to move in the world of data, in the world of uh, further repercussions of that uh, artificial intelligence or otherwise and so on and so forth. But uh, I think you come from a very, very, very solid background in uh, core banking, credit bureaus and so on and now into consulting so going from back to some in some sense future so give us a brief uh, sense of your background and uh, we can start from there afterwards so uh, you know for last i've been working for last 20 years most of it in risk and analytics uh, how i my journey started was actually so i'm not a statistician or econometrician by training though i spent most of my life on that professional life on that uh, you know, my initial focus was actually corporate finance and how to improve quality of decision making. Uh, and, and that has been and continues to remain the driving factor in whatever I do till date and I want to do in future as well. How do you improve quality of decisions? How do you ensure that the decisions are profitable? Now, that basically comes into the realms of decision making under some form of uncertainty, which is basically the cardinal aspect of risk decision. So with this foundational principles, I, I, I think we, we started a career with American Express, which was heavily a quantitative role, but also the beauty is of that role was it taught when not to depend on quant. And that's a very, very essential. And you, you should know so much on quant that you need to possibly as a system, not as an individual, you need to belong to a system be it a bank, NBFC, which understands the system so much on the quant and the data that they can take out that one point, which is where the numbers are not uh, sort of making sense. And, and that, that requires a lot of training. You should not say that the numbers are not making sense because all you know is running some random machine learning scorecards and some random regressions. Uh, then, uh, you know, I was for eight years in, in Fitch ratings, starting with structured finance, then qualitative ratings, did uh, quite a some niche work on forensic accounting at that point in time. Apart from the usual, uh, you you know, risk studies, and that gives me a perspective of uh, you know that there's a qualitative world of risk assessment, there's a quantitative world, and each of them have their pluses and minuses. How do you marry the two? It's it's almost like the quantitative finance or risk. I mean, um, analog analogy wise, is more like a frequentist school of thought whereas the qualitative is more a Bayesian school of thought where you have some prior beliefs and you, 
and you know the the magic happens when you you it's not either or it's how you how you marry both uh, mm-hmm. then of course i was with the civil as the chief product officer for 3 years close to 3 years i would say and now for last 3 years i'm with pcg uh, uh, handling uh, aiml and with a focus on financial institutions and and risk management thereof uh, and parallelly for last 8 9 years i'm also a visiting faculty in am calcutta i teach currently a full credit course uh, in financial risk management previously i used to take couple of more other courses but i i think these days have time for more or less one course so that that's what i have been doing right and amazing i mean that's a pretty solid uh, diversified uh, set of experiences and background and you talked about some schools of thought which really shows you to be one of the few in i think uh, the world of finance who thinks far more uh, uh, than just the than just the numbers uh, you talked about uh, uh, frequent school and uh, by yeah. patients so i i i'm sure 99% of uh, or maybe it's 99.9% of people in finance wouldn't know about both of them or at least one of them so what what are those two very briefly so actually we the you know all of us all of us know it we may not be knowing the name so in frequentist to put it uh, uh, very very colloquially we look at historical data mm-hmm. and based on the data we may be focusing on default rates returns whatever is a variable of interest we take a lot of data and we try to find out what is the distribution of the data uh, what are the mean median yeah. standard deviation dispersion and based on that we we build models to project and mm-hmm. uh, we assume that any new observation would be a part of a previous distribution that's well studied and that's the frequentist rule is based on how frequent you have an observation historically mm-hmm. and then there is a bayesian school which is one sometimes call it variously and not uh, you, you you know often uh, very appropriately this is called subjective or judgmental school where you have a belief mm-hmm. you have a prior belief that indian stock markets give a 13% return year on year Mm-hmm. Now that believe maybe itself based on 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 data, or you right. can say no. But when I have invested, I have always made eighteen percent. No, no one has validated. Well, or you have a belief. You say you know this is the type of promoter whose company would do fantastically well. So there's there's a belief, and sometimes you may be right, sometimes you may be wrong. Sometimes sometimes uh, you know what you are expressing is actually based on years of experience, years of patterns that your mind have tracked, and you are just saying out your belief. Uh, probably right. Bayesian is uh, you, you know it's easy to fake, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But uh, ideally, you need both. You need frequentist approach to keep you disciplined. You need a Bayesian approach to make absolute sense of what you are doing while you are doing it. Right, right. And I guess this goes into the future more and more interest in more and more interesting dimensions. As if I were to think about it. Uh, Uh, as we move into the world of uh, algorithms and artificial intelligence there are times when we don't know why the algorithms throw out a certain result right in some sense uh, there is there is a con- concept of uh, you know how do you really audit uh, the algorithms or yeah. are there any explainable ai is the ai explainable right. is the ai explainable is there computational yeah. 
irreducibility yeah. to the whole uh, to the whole uh, you know framework in some sense and uh, where can we minimize the biases and uh, uh, where can we actually detect them in the first place and then minimize them i think all of this is is really how the future uh, is going to be increasingly all about so that's pretty interesting you also made a statement about people know it but may not be able to say it and i read on your uh, whatsapp uh, status a statement by richard feynman uh, which talks about that what's the difference between knowing the name versus knowing something where does that come from i mean in this particular context uh, no i i think uh, we we try to use words without fully understanding the implications and often they not understanding the implication is harmless right but when say for instance uh, you know you are you are a tv channel and you just want to pop up you know what is sanjay's favorite serial now you are not exactly paying for that if if if, if you know they are so showing sanjay serial 1 which sanjay doesn't like sanjay will just not click bother to click it and yeah. then they will say you know i know so it is basically a, a low cost decision error you are okay with it and you can make all fantastic claims in ai ml etc etc whenever you are giving like 10000 rupees to based on such algorithms it's a you know if you lose out you will lose a lot 10000 and you have like thousand such accounts and you know a small balance sheet can go belly up mm-hmm. but you can still sort of okay with whatever something is saying even if you do not know because problem starts when you either give those 10000 rupees loans on scale mm-hmm. or when you start giving out 1 lakh 2 lakh 5 lakh rupees loan where each single error will is going to cost you bill right now the problem and you have beautifully raised uh, you know explainability of bic this explainability issue it's, it's it's actually a reflection of the uncertainty that is there in the human mind itself let's look mm-hmm. at the flow of logic what do we say that ai ml apparently will identify patterns which the human misses now uh, let's i'm not saying that is correct or incorrect but let's assume that this is a formal statement mm-hmm. so the ai is capturing patterns which you have not tracked yourself and now that it is doing its job you are surprised mm-hmm. however there is often a feeling in certain quarters that some of this ai ml thing they were actually a lot of it is at least when it comes to predictions into where the data is a structured data and i am not sure looking at facial recognition or your sure. medical report mri scan if the data yeah. is a structured data video bureau transaction data financial statement gst uh etc you know the lot of the problems actually are also problems that existed in statistics right so in statistics we used to have this thing called causal inference we still have it's a big deal you know yeah. how do you know what is the cause and the effect now Correct. that is analogous to what we call ai uh, you know explainability in some ways mm-hmm. uh some of the tools and techniques are 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 similar the thinking is similar it is not 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 very 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 new new thinking i mean if you are showing that this is a pattern of my defaulter or a fraud or say for instance this is a pattern of someone who respond to my offer uh you know someone will look at causal inference now if you are going for causal inference you need your variables to be much more cleaner so that the statistics can run yeah. but then you have decided that i want complex algorithms because that will only solve my problem and then you know so there is some amount of clarity that is required every time someone 
sort of becomes very excited about the potential of machine learning which it should be someone is to look back and say there used to be this thing and there is still this thing called statistical learning yeah right True. so what are the what are the differences very very i would say grossly at a 50000 feet level the differences when you run something a statistical model you try to focus on x variables and the weightages that is given on the x variables they are statistically significant in machine yeah. learning you actually x variable is an outcome you try right. to focus on how do i reduce the gap between actual observation and the predicted observation you focus on y and reducing the gap between y and y predicted exclusively and that's right. your single point agenda you don't care whether the weightages of the x variables are significant they follow some distribution etc etc in statistics the x variables and whether they are having some specific characteristics they have some sanity they have some statistical significance so you know they often reach the same end but then there'll be cases where one would come to a different conclusion and another would come to a different conclusion so it is knowing why you are doing what you are doing and therefore the knowing comes of you know it's not about knowing the name of machine learning or statistical learning or random forest is it why are you choosing that specific thing over another is that a, now why this knowledge becomes essential is if someone is investing a lot of money on a startup and there everyone just knows we are doing machine learning we are getting alternate data big data and we have this fancy codes by the way there are no fancy codes you more often than not more often than not you get it from github someone else has code etc black yeah. box and you run you get it now there's a huge hidden risk you don't even know where you are going on you are you are just like going with the flow so you you know you what you may be crossing the river or it may be a solid bridge it may be a broken bridge right. so that that's that's the you know that that's what we try to you know know what exactly you are doing why you are doing and when it will not work essentially it is knowing what every single technique has its shortcoming every single technique and it has its limitations what are the shortcomings and what are the limitations otherwise you would cross a bridge which has a crack in the middle if you are lucky you will cross the bridge over the crack the bridge will not break that day and you will get your reward as the you know business visionary of the decade etc if you are plain unlucky you would fall through the bridge yes <laughs> like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store yeah i know that's that's very that's very nice i think so a lot of lot of questions lot of ideas coming to my mind uh, i recently was uh, reading a book uh, called weapons of math destruction i don't know if you uh, read about that uh, but I, yeah i've heard uh, about the book no i didn't read but i have heard good things about the book yeah so it's sort of talking about the same uh, things the lady who worked first in the a uh, financial sector uh, at the very heart of financial sector and then at the heart of the tech sector and looked at how data and how algorithms and how you know complex decisions are getting made increasingly uh, without uh, at times uh, you know full understanding of how those are affecting in uh, the ordinary people or people who are taking loans or people who are uh, you know receiving certain financial services or not receiving services because of many many issues biases uh, uh fundamental data not being adequate not being diversified enough etc etc so it's a whole uh, it's a whole world i think that we are still to kind of uh, 
come to fully grasp it and especially in india where i think we are still at an early stage of this whole exactly the evolution. point exactly i was that's what uh, i was coming to because in right. india we actually are not doing enough analytical uh, analytics based decision we are not doing enough we are not yet reached that threshold where where it will become we are dangerous we right. are still we are actually we are we are plagued more by judgmental decisioning whether judgment is not a quality judgment uh, and is not backed by data and it's not a problem per se with judgmental decisioning and machine learning decisioning is always better but we are more plagued by bad decisions where the human operator is making a decision uh, without sub- sufficient data support so we have a lot more way to go before this thing sits us we are we are possibly at at a entry nascent stage and it's it's not just india uh, but uh, i would say a whole host of asian countries right. and and that's surprising in india because i would say india is one of the richest uh, data environment compared to a lot of asian countries in fact uh, quite a bit of advanced countries do not have the luxury of data we have it in india so given everything i think there's a lot more to be done than a lot less to be done I, I mean, you know, true, you go true. on a balanced diet when you are fifty and not when you are fifteen. So we are at fifteen. <laughs> we should now try to sort of grow. Yeah, absolutely. We should we should be on we should be using all that we have in terms of yeah. data resources, the diversity and the uh, the skills and the brains, obviously, right? Uh, to be able to sort of take the next uh, leapfrog states in terms of. Uh, in terms of some of these uh, thinking and models and reducing the errors but for whatever reason i think uh, fintech in india has not really been able to do that in a big way right and generally referring to fintech as not just independent uh, fintech companies uh, or and which may be creating certain analytical tools and so on and so forth but even internal departments of let's say uh, large financial services companies obviously they solve very narrow problems for their own internal environments but they don't seem to be able to create uh, some of these uh, learnings which can be you know very relevant for future and maybe part of it is because india has been changing very fast in the last 5 to 10 years especially with respect to availability of data and you know the data rich world that we talk about maybe part of it is due to that but do you also think part of it is due to lack of uh, confidence or lack of comfort with uh, non judgmental decision making uh, or sort of belief systems uh, w- what do you think why haven't we been so able to make progress or think, yeah or yeah, how so would think, we change to make progress faster yeah so, so i think you know the couple of things so i i would say this whole analytical thing uh, and if we call epitomize it by fintech I, i i think it's it's quite early days right, right. you know we we are It, it's quite uh, it's quite early days. It's these things take their time. It doesn't take decades, but but I would possibly uh, give it another three five years. Uh, you, you know, so it, it is early days. Having said that, you know, in India, just like you know, its people, it, excellence is also very very diverse. I, I mean, there are some companies which can be the as good or as bad as some of the best uh, banks in the world mm-hmm. in terms of leveraging basic data i mean we do right. we still have some to go before we do really advanced analytics but in terms of basic 
data driven uh, data driven decisioning on day to day be that account level portfolio level i think there are quite a few uh, banks slash nbfc slash non bank you know we which are there what i would hope happens is a lot many banks and financial services learn from this leaders and that's where where culture comes into play because at the end of the day database decisioning is actually quite uncode you know there is a sense an analytical democracy it's not that i will agree to you because mera boss bol raha hai data ye bol raha hai and all of us agreed that this was the matrix 3 years back we had a discussion this was the matrix that was agreed and we have also discussed if this matrix breaches this this threshold this this action will be taken right now this requires a cultural change now now yeah. some banks and financial services and, and why banks and financial services you know uh, aiml will be applicable for everywhere be it in uh, hotel uh, every corporate steel, every corporate uh, b2b b2c oh, oh, all situation government there's a there's a cultural angle which we often do not fully uh, give due credit for for success and because all the banks today in india at least most of them they can actually set up a machine learning team in fact most of them have a machine learning ai team in you know you can say some will have 100 people some will have 10 people but you know it's there at least the big ones they have it now the question is the entities or institutions which are exceptional in terms of data driven decisioning how do they differ from another institution which possibly have similar cal- caliber of people doing similar things it, it goes back to culture are, are you comfortable as the boss because you you know you you may feel uh, that there you know your powers are going away from you you are no longer the sort of in control of things in in in, in fact uh, there's a recent study that bcg has done with mit i mean there's a aiml survey that bcg does with mit every year and this time it just came out two days back mm-hmm. and one of the findings of that report and it's available uh, on the internet one of the findings of the report is that aiml based decisioning actually improves employee satisfaction Yes. I, I mean, which is surprising. People know for a fact that AIML improves efficiency, they improve profitability. What people didn't expect is AIML improving employee satisfaction, employee motivation. I, I, I would say one or one of it is culture. Uh, second, I think uh, a lot many high quality professionals need to come in. We need to have a steady supply yes. of very resources. I, I mean, it's just about starting. i would expect a, a, a lot more to come to support this drive because ultimately uh, you know you can buy software you can decide to go into ml but you would require very very trained people now we have them but the numbers yeah. are lesser than what we anticipated the numbers are possibly lesser because we didn't have the training infrastructure 5 years back which would create those resources now now those resources or those training material institutions or the institutional focus Uh, are are happening over the last five to six years. So we would see going forward, we'll get more and more such resources. I mean, I mean, we have the triple IDs doing a good job. We have uh, I am Calcutta having something like a PGDBA course. Most of the IMs offering dedicated course for analysts, which was not there, say for instance, five years back. Now, once a professional gets trained, is into the industry for five seven years, then you see their impact. So I I I, I think culture. uh availability of resources are 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 two things i i i would like like to uh, sort of draw the attention on and these are function of time yes 
but can more more sensitization be done about the cultural aspects of aimr i i think yes because certain organizations if they are hierarchical in nature they are unlikely to draw a lot of benefit take a worst case scenario if you have a very hierarchical culture you can actually you can get a result which is against your own belief and you feel your loss of power or prestige then you will force someone to get a data set which matches your belief and then you will so so uh, it is it's super critical that you have you develop the right culture you let go you you empower people to take a decision of course you put governance structures but yeah. analytical so, democracy needs to perpetrate that's a very nice term analytical democracy i hadn't heard about that before and uh, Well, the, it's yeah it's it's amazing i mean the openness the ability to you know uh, talk in terms of uh, not necessarily code i think not everybody is comfortable at code level but at least in the logic level or you know algorithm level rather than belief level is what it's really required and you could be wrong and but the but but the wrong needs to be auditable and needs to be changeable right and as long as you keep improving your uh, uh, record and don't take too many uh, wrong calls to rock the boat right at the beginning you're just going to get better and better there's nothing stopping something which keeps yeah. getting continuously and, better and, and right we're just starting the journey we are really just yeah. starting the journey so uh, so uh, i i think lot more and better things will come up the way i'm quite sure wonderful wonderful i think that's that's a that's a very nice uh, sort of place to maybe end this uh, conversation that you know fintech in india is at a very early stage we have what are the critical uh, success factors uh, in terms of data in terms of uh, knowledge in terms of uh, trained manpower coming into picture in some shape form they need to come together and you know create the next uh, big waves and in 5 to 10 years i think we could uh, probably see a very different different picture and i think we'll try and chronicle that as we move forward in this uh, series of uh, possibly say three to five years well three to five years that's yeah that's amazing so uh, before uh, before i end it uh, let me ask again going back to the first uh, question that i asked uh, you know um, another interesting thing i read again on your uh, whatsapp profile is a number 42 and what does that have to do with uh, the meaning of life and and the universe oh that so that's uh, actually from my one of my favorite novels the hitchhiker's mm-hmm. guide to galaxy so there's this story of uh, you know a supercomputer was asked the question of meaning of life but the computer could give a response of only in numbers so they did over millions of years the computer did a simulation and the answer for meaning of life was 42 now that, that's like a that's superficially along the story but there's a there's a some people who are fans of hitchhiker's guide to galaxy uh, su- such as yours truly uh, you know there's there's a narrative also that in good old days we used to have this thing called ascii code right mm-hmm. the keys uh, yeah, each of the keys there. in the in the computer uh, yes of yeah. course it's there uh, and they had a number associated with it so the ascii code for asterix was 42 and okay. you use asterix in those days star dot star or anything to say anything that you want to mean right so one implication of 42 which is the ascii code for asterix is that you know life the meaning of life is anything that you want it to be wow that's that's so amazing that's so amazing i think that's that makes it explainable at least for sure <laughs> than 
the first explanation which was unexplainable so <laughs> oh, that was a fantastic novel uh, yeah 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 so great so with, with that uh, would like to end this uh, conversation thank you deep uh, so very much i do want to have another chat with you uh, at another time to go through more in details about uh, you know things like how bureaus are changing how uh, some of the critical infrastructure is changing in the world of uh, machine learning and deep learning and so on and uh, but we'll 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 do that at, at another point of time thank 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 you so much uh, look forward to look forward this. to all right look forward to and thanks a lot for inviting me thank you thanks and have a great day thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this sochcast what is your soch send us your comments on our facebook page and instagram page It's time for you to do your own Sochcast at Sochcast. Apni soch, dunia ko sunao. Sochcast.